up, guys? This is David Marvin. I'm here with my friend Jonathan Pecluda. What's going on? And Elena Haas, our social media and digital coordinator. Hey, guys. And we are excited to do a frequently asked questions to close out our dating series, First Comes Love. If you have been listening, you have heard us go through a series on dating, love, and all things that are involved in that. And normally when we do a dating series, we will do a uh, FAQ, a Q&A session, a question and answer. And we were not able to do one live this year, so we are recording one to be a resource to you. So we're going to go through some questions for the next 30 or so minutes and cover uh, some of the stuff that gets emailed in every week or asked down front after messages at the porch, and we're excited to be here. All right, let's go through some of these. So, hey, uh, there may not be a simple answer to this, but uh, JP, I will hear guys are passive. Christian guys can be the worst at times. So girls will be inevitably led to ask, can a girl just ask a guy out? Yes. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Here's the deal. Oh, it, can can a girl all all things are benef- all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. And so, is that God's design? No, I don't think it is. Is that best? Absolutely not. Um, you know, you've heard it said, "Treasures don't do the hunting." Uh, I I think there's holes and uh, depends on where you're at and the circumstance and what's going on. But I think the the best thing is that uh, men would would be the pursuers and um, and would not be passive and would pursue women and be intentional and use their words. And, um, but, uh, sometimes that doesn't happen. And I think a woman has to wrestle with, am I trying to control the situation? And I think in most of those situations and circumstances that I've been in, and as we've talked, I mean, it is an issue of control. They get tired of waiting on God. They get tired of waiting on men. And I think you want to be really cognizant of what you might end up with, which is that passive man. And so I would say be really careful of where that's going to, the road that that's going to put you on because you wake up and you find yourself in a relationship where uh, you're the strong leader, you're engaged to, with this guy or you're in a marriage with a man who's very passive. Uh, you don't feel loved. You don't feel pursued. You don't feel cherished. And you kind of follow it back. It's like, oh, yeah, and I was the one that initiated this relationship. And so um, it's not ideal. I don't think it's it's a, uh, consistent with God's design. Um, and it's also not uh, explicitly forbidden. Yep, that's good. Uh, like we talked about the other night, it, it just breeds passivity. First Corinthians 11, Ephesians 5, if you go look up, just talks about God's design for men to lead, the spiritual leader. Um, okay. But Here's, I mean, Elena proposed to Jacob, so. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> no, it's not yeah, true. Elena, I'm kidding. You want to defend yourself? Um, I think... All right, that's enough. It's pretty obvious that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, All right, here's another one. Hey, is it okay to date someone who's been divorced? Uh, It depends. It depends on the the situation as to to why and uh, what's the scenario of the divorce as the the person that they were married to um, remarried. I think every single detail um, matters. And you should rely heavily on the scripture, Matthew 5, uh, Matthew 19. I'm sorry. Yeah, Matthew 5, Matthew 19, uh, 1 Corinthians 7. Um, this this idea is addressed. Jesus specifically addresses this issue, going as far as to say, hey, anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. Uh, some would say he gives the the clause in Matthew 19, 9, uh, in, except for marital unfaithfulness. Uh, there's arguments around what that word means. Here would be my caution to the listener is I think in our world today, divorce is so common that it's just assumed that it's okay. And I would say, whoa, yellow light, 
proceed with much caution until you understand what the scriptures say. And uh, all we know is a world of divorce, and that affects, I think, everything in our worldview of marriage. Can I expound on that? Yeah, of course. So, like, we had a um, we had a swing in the front yard, and the kids loved it, and they'd swing high, and they'd be like, "Daddy, swing me higher, swing me higher." And then, um, and one day it broke, and I fixed it. You know, I put it back together, but uh, but from but from there then on, they didn't want to get back on the swing. They couldn't enjoy it because all they knew was a swing that could break. And before they before that, all they knew was a swing that would hold them. And that's kind of a metaphor for marriage. All we know is a marriage that that can break. And in the forties and fifties, you know, divorce was so much less common that you'd look at marriage and you're like, man, that's a that's a firm institution, a firm foundation to build your life on. But now all we know is a breakable marriage. And I think that really impacts the way we view relationships. Man, it's so true. It's crazy. You look at the stats of 1960s, divorce, single parent homes. It's it's shocking to where we are. All right. So uh, is it okay to date? This feels pretty straightforward, but, but it, when someone asks this question, I'll just ask the question, is it okay to date someone who's not a Christian? And here's normally how that thing is cloaked is, hey, we fell in love. I became a Christian. I'm trying to be a light to him. Uh, it's normally in, you know, sometimes in a really long email or, or a, you know, Facebook message. There's always a lot of circumstance around it. But by and large, how would you respond to someone who is dating a non-Christian? Let me add, let me add a more challenging part to it. Okay, do it. Challenge ready? me. I'm ready. I'm buckled up. Is it okay for a Protestant to date a Catholic? I want to answer your first question first. Yep. Is it okay for someone to date uh, for someone to date someone who is not a Christian? The answer is absolutely yes, as long as you're not a Christian. So, can two non Christians date each other? Sure. Oh, that's uh, good. If you're a Christian, should you date a non Christian? The answer is absolutely no, under no circumstances. Second Corinthians six fourteen: Do not be uh, unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what does uh, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Uh, it's a non-negotiable. I'll go further as to say uh, you need to be running a, a common pursuit of Jesus. And so uh, if you're a mature Christian and someone's just barely kind of in the faith, you better believe they're going to slow you down in your walk. And so you're pursuing a relationship that's much more important than your dating relationship, and that is your relationship to Christ. You need to prioritize that above and beyond everything else and take that into consideration when you're looking for someone to spend the rest of your life with. And so some, I said this just this week, and somebody blasted me on Twitter, and they're like, you want me to break up with my girlfriend? What about when she tells me... You know that um, that uh, that she feels like she's not good enough for me, and I'm like, well, listen, obedience is not always defined by the outcome. Uh, you need to ask her forgiveness for dating her in the first place, and uh, not being yielded to the scriptures. Maybe you didn't know, and so grace to you. But now that you know, we need to respond in obedience, and it doesn't mean you need to be a jerk about it. But it does, you know. Again, ask her forgiveness um, in the relationship. Pursue healing. Pursue Christ, and you just can't. Uh, you're, you're going to two eternal, two different destinations. And so at some point, there's going to be a fork in the road because you're headed toward heaven and Jesus and God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and they are headed toward uh, hell and a different, you know, uh, believe, they, they believe in something different, a different deity. So there's a fork in the road in the future. Why would you ever get in a relationship when you know there's a fork in the road? And if your idea is, well, I'm dating them because I want to save them, um, I would just say God doesn't need you to break his laws to bring someone into the kingdom. That's good. I think, I think a challenge to this is everybody knows the exception couple. 
and people begin to make rules based on the exception of a couple. What I mean by that is everyone has that friend, and uh, and this is even tricky. It's going to say what I'm about to say that his parents are one's Jewish and one's Catholic, and they make it work. Yeah, and and I think that is misleading one because likely the sincerity of the faith of either of them. One we don't know. Let's just say at least people that. rob banks and get away with it. Yes, that doesn't mean you should rob exception. a bank. Absolutely, you can smoke cigarettes for ninety nine years and not get cancer. It's just still not a good idea. You've misunderstood what marriage is, though. If that's the way you're looking at it, a marriage is a is you. It's one. It's a metaphor uh, that God has given us to teach us about Himself and His love for us through Christ. That we're the bridegroom. That Jesus is our bridegroom. That we're the bride of Jesus. Uh, and and it is a ministry strengthening in power when two believers come together. They're fruitful and multiply. They make disciples in the home. Uh, it's the great. It's the first great commission we see in Genesis. Uh, and so if we're thinking about it as an evangelism tool, we have misunderstood what, what marriage is. And so you never want to trump God's word because of some experience that you're aware of. And Monica and I started dating as non-Christians and we became Christians together. And that is an act of God's grace and mercy, but certainly not your strategy in your, your dating relationship or pursuit of marriage. Elena, I just want to say thanks for being here. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, let's, let's go to uh, the Catholic one. Yeah, I think I think that's what I was answering. Is is you want to make sure they have a common pursuit of Christ, and so they're running the same pace as you, and um, and that you guys are um, equally yoked in your theology. My mom's Lutheran, uh, my dad is Catholic. I was raised uh, in that home. They went to separate churches every. They do still to this day go to separate churches every single Sunday. Uh, they don't miss. How crazy and, um, is that? I didn't even know it was weird till I left the home. And so they love each other. They they have a relationship with God, uh, but it is you're just you're dealing with the less than ideal. Um, certainly, it is more ideal when you look at each other. You say, "Hey, we agree uh, theologically on uh, who Christ is, and also how we receive grace and how we should pursue Him." Yeah, that's good. So maybe. Uh, all right. Here's a question: How important is physical attraction? This one comes in. So it, it's always there's circumstances around if a girl's asking it or if a guy's asking it um you know a girl will say he asked me out on a date i'm just not attracted to him and she'll say no every he meets every other criteria he's a godly guy he's serving he's in community i'm just not attracted so i said no how important is physical attraction same, same thing happens with guys and girls of uh, man she's a really godly girl but but i'm not attracted to her Physical attraction is a is a starting line. I mean, uh, attraction. So the scripture says, beauty is what fleeting. Fleeting. It's leaving. It's it's going away. And uh, and people always want to argue that, or or we want to think that we, uh, you know, are just going to get plastic surgery for the rest of our life and stay young. Listen, show me the eighty year old that you're attracted to. And I'm not trying to be a jerk right now. I'm just trying to bring in logic that every day we are each each of us are getting older, and gravity is going to take its toll. Our hair is going to turn gray and fall out. Uh, our body's going to grow wrinkled. And so we're going to become, by the world standards, less physically attractive. Uh, but I would tell you um, that that's why we should look at the things that God looks at. And he says he looks at the heart. And so a lot of times I say, you may not be spiritually mature enough to date someone that you're not um, attracted to because because you're attracted to what the world's attracted to, not the things that, that God is attracted to. And so I hope that if a girl has a beautiful soul and... Um, and she's pursuing the Lord, that you see that as physically attractive beyond her bus size or the color of her eyes or, or the size of her waist. And, um, 
And at the same time, you know, I would say we're also cared to care for our bodies. And so as believers, we need to, to give that thought to, to caring for the, you know, do you not know your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? We've received from God. That's First Corinthians six, eighteen through twenty. So I think um, I think we need to care for our bodies as well. Physical attraction is a starting line. It's not the thing that's going to carry you to the carry you to the finish line. So there better be more there. Lots of divorces have happened because the only thing that was there was physical attraction. Man, it's so crazy. You look at Hollywood and you see guys that you're like, I cannot believe you just divorced Angelina Jolie. Didn't they get divorced recently? They uh, filed. Brad Pitt and like like it's clear beauty physical attraction is just not enough to make a marriage it's not enough to make something great so what i heard you say though is you've got to have it i heard you say hey it's a starting line uh i, I think you, you i hope you heard me say you may not be spiritually mature enough not to have it yeah and what i mean because it, it, when we talk about physical attraction we're talking about just the shell of a person and uh, I would say a lot of times it serves for you to kind of walk across the room and engage somebody. And um, I would not say you have to have it. Uh, I would say I hope that you're attracted to what God's attracted to, which he tells us, you know, is the heart. Do you believe in the love at first sight? Uh, what do you mean by that? No, I would ask the same question. <laughs> so let me ask a really <laughs> practical question. A girl and a guy, they're serving at the porch together. And the guy comes and asks a girl on a first date and the girl's not attracted to him does she say yes to that date is he a great guy yes and so he's a phenomenal but guy he, he loves jesus he's pursuing the lord and she knows this about him yeah. but but he's just got a big nose like me and uh or, or something right there's yeah, so he's not she just, she's she not physically not attracted. attracted to him okay we'll keep it generic that's yeah. nicer and uh and so um i think yeah give him a shot like go give him give him a chance go to coffee with him because a lot of times that that physical attraction uh, may come later. Listen, when I asked Monica out, she said no. You want to know why? I'm still a little hurt by this. Okay, wow. I'm I'm carrying some emotion into this conversation. Do we need uh, to take a break? We yeah, let's, a let's, let me get a breather real quick <laughs> because uh, because I'm six foot seven and she's five three and she thought I was too tall. And, uh, and so she didn't think we'd look good on the dance floor or in pictures. And so she turned me down and I was heartbroken, but I relentlessly pursued her and, uh, shallow. I always knew Monica. Was shallow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remind me to beat you after this. <laughs> oh, dude. I heard a couple this past week. I'm trying to think of who it was. This may ring some bells for somebody. They met on Unashamed Weekend, but they don't remember meeting. Yeah, uh, it was a couple that they met. I basically said, hey, when did you meet? And they said, this is crazy, but we actually met two years ago. We didn't realize it. Both of us had gotten out of unhealthy relationships. We went on this Unashamed, which is a three-day in-town mission trip in Dallas. And at the uh, and they had met there. They were in the same group. They had no recollection of it. It's like they just didn't have even eyes to see you look across. Who's that girl? Same small group. Same leaders. Uh Joe Daly was their leader. I can't remember who this was. Unashamed is like a like a um, it's like a mission trip in in the city of Dallas. So we go throughout the city sharing the gospel. Man, it's gonna come. But point being, fast forward a year later. Yeah, what is your point? That they they uh, there was no love at first sight. They didn't even remember meeting one another. They were in a group together all weekend, and now they're married. And they uh, they ended up meeting again. They would say a year later, dated, 
uh, went through merge, dated well, now they're married. And just, man, attraction mm. grows. Think it's about how foolish sake. love at first sight is, like what you're saying. So love is you sacrificing yourself for uh, the caring of someone else, uh, putting your own desires aside to care for them. Like how can you have that at first sight? Uh, we're we're that, that that is nothing more than emotions or feelings, which are fleeting in nature. That's well, what's lust. wrong. It's lust at first sight, is what it is. Yeah, there's no such thing as love at first sight, and and so like when people say that, it's like they're they're moving toward failure, even at the beginning, even at the starting line. I will say, I used to be a huge believer in love at first sight, and what I meant by love at first sight is when you see them, you just know, and that's because in all the movies. Yeah. It, that's just how it is. Like so how you, many guys did you just know? <laughs> you know um, what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but it's, it's something that when they're, when people are saying love at first sight, it's because they're defining love in a different way. They're defining love as a feeling when we all know it's not. It's an action. Yeah. yeah. We all know, except David. Still not Who insulted real. my wife. And Look, we will She had it coming. She had it coming. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's, let's move on to the next one. Hey, can we spend the night together without having sex? So people email in. We're going on a trip, and uh, it just makes sense to get a hotel room together. We're not going to sleep together. I'll sleep on the couch, or I'll sleep above the covers. She sleeps below the covers. Or people say, this one happens too. Hey, a girl in my community group, there's all kinds of dysfunction represented in this hypothetical I'm giving you right now. A girl in my community group has been going on vacation, and the guy uh, that she's dating and her have been getting the same hotel room. They're not sleeping together. She asked for accountability. But I, we keep telling her we just don't think that's wise. And she's like, hey, he sleeps on the other room or above the covers. Um, it doesn't seem like that's we're violating anything in Scripture. <laughs> that was so detailed. Which one of Kelly's friends are we talking about yeah. right now? Hey, hey. <laughs> Where'd they go? Ashley, I'm looking at you. <laughs> no, stop. Stop staying in the same hotel room. Stop. I mean, I've heard it all. Like, hey, we're we're getting we're engaged and we need to save money and we can't afford our own two places. And so, I mean, listen, the the goal is that you're running hard after Christ. The nature that you're asking the question says that something else is off. And, uh, and, and so I don't, I don't say that from a, my heart is not to be judgmental here. Listen, I was a moron pagan. Like I did all kinds of dumb things, uh, as I, sorry, my alarm's going off, uh, all kinds of dumb things, uh, you know, before I knew Christ and, um, and even throughout that transition, but no, here's, let me give you a few sound bites. You were made as a female and a male, you were made to come together, to attract. Uh, God made us that way. And so if you stay in the same room and you resist that, you are going against God's design. You are training your body not to do what it was meant to do, which is come together with the opposite sex and honestly procreate. And uh, and so, um, you know, you don't just walk down the aisle after going on vacation with someone, flip a switch and say, oh, oh now it's okay. And so now we're going to be able to, to, to go all the way. Um, and, and secondly, uh, you know, you're putting yourself in the midst of temptation. The, the scripture says, flee sexual immorality. For all other sins a man commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. It says, um, do, uh, it says, flee the appearance of evil. So don't even um, embrace something that looks as though you're sinning. So when that roommate wakes up or that neighbor wakes up and sees your car still there in the morning, uh, you are you are setting a bad example, being a bad witness. There are a hundred reasons not to do this. 
um, you're, you're training your body for the wrong thing. You're putting yourself in the midst of temptation. Uh, you are, are embracing the appearance of evil to others. Don't do it. Look, put up another, you know, 60 to $150, get a separate hotel room or don't go, don't go on the vacation. Um, do not stay the night together under the same roof. Don't, I wouldn't do it. No. Yeah, it's good. All right. Was that clear? I think so. Okay. I, don't, I feel like you can't ever be clear enough on these questions. People nuance it to their situation. Uh, okay. What if I'm having doubts, but they meet all the criteria of a godly spouse? What are your doubts rooted in? All right. Um, Here, let me take a stab at this. So I think that doubts are natural for all of us. If you're dating someone and you're having doubts, uh, despite the fact that they're a godly person, they check all the boxes, they're uh, in community, they uh, are serving somewhere, they're plugged in, they're a godly girl, godly guy. Uh, I think you're making a, a, a very serious decision. And we've been told by the world around us that love is something that you like fall into or fall out of. And it's here today. It could be gone tomorrow. You, you need to make sure you pick the right one. And, um, and so all those things can produce doubts in a way that maybe healthy may not be. But um, it's not necessarily a deal breaker to have doubts. Or you shouldn't be concerned necessarily if you have doubts, if they're kind of these vague, generic doubts. If you have doubts because, man, he seems like he's violent and he punches things or he, he like has a medicinal marijuana thing that he really can't break and i don't even think he needs the medicinal marijuana yeah, i meant what i said i mean answer the question what are your doubts rooted in if they're not rooted in his pursuit of christ they're not rooted in his character what are they rooted in and then i'll be able to answer your question but i think that's a great one for you to answer as you as you consider your doubts because a lot of times to your point people would just say well i don't know it's just a feeling you know and i don't want to be responsible for convincing someone to stay in a relationship then you know they get married and that that the issue is with them it's their own spiritual maturity i mean they can constantly second guess themselves for the rest of their lives and eventually leave like i don't i don't want that i don't want to be responsible for that but you may need to like break and grow and and deal with with the fact that you know you you're questioning that and everything else in life and and um, you know I think I think perfect love casts out fear I think God is not a god of confusion I think um, I think we our doubts are usually rooted in a, a misconception uh, of uh, a wrong perception of what a relationship should be yeah that's good I remember it, so when I got engaged to Callie my wife I was more filled with anxiety and doubt than I think I've ever been in my entire life the two times I remember having close to panic attacks uh, if if they were the closest I've been do you I don't even know if you remember this one I had just got engaged I was going to Haiti and I was like oh I'm I am not I was in Haiti for seven days I like didn't sleep because I was like did I just make a huge mistake what am I doing with my life I don't know who this woman is and uh and She's I remember, a lucky woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, and she had all the right uh, box. She's an amazing, godly woman. And uh, and I remember you said something, JP, that was really helpful. You said, "All right, we we talk through it. What are the doubts about? What are you What are you anxious about?" And you said, "All right, let's pick a day. All right, five days. And five days, you're either going to say let's hit pause on the engagement, or you're going to decide to put these doubts and put them aside and and move forward with it." I would encourage you to put them aside and move forward with it based on what I know about the situation, unless there's something I don't know. 
but in five days, like, let's make a decision. Let's just not wander. How long are you going to wander or uh, just kind of flounder in this whole doubt? And, uh, and that was actually really helpful for hey, me. Hey, Callie Marvin, I don't want to take complete responsibility for this marriage, um, but you're welcome. I have, a, I have a question. What does it look like to follow someone or submit to them in dating? JP, um, the people love when you talk about submission. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get to the S word. It's a hot topic. Um, I, you know, I think it's, it's been well said, leaders remove confusion. And so as a man seeks to lead a woman in dating, uh, he leads her in purity. Uh, he, he demonstrates a restraint from his own physical desires. Uh, he, he, he demonstrates a desire to, uh, keep, um, any kind of sexual intimacy, uh, sacred for marriage. And so he's, he's showing you something like, let me just elaborate on this for a minute. If a guy will go to first or second base with you in dating, he's saying, hey, I'm willing to be physical outside of marriage. That's what he's communicating to you. He's saying, hey, I don't value marriage to the point to hold intimacy uh, sacred for marriage. I, I'm willing to go outside of marriage. And so when you get married to that guy and he goes outside of marriage, just remember that he communicated that to you on the front end. He said, hey, I, that's what I'm, I, I'm willing to do. Uh, and so I think leading in purity and then I think just an intentionality, like I said, leaders remove confusion to say, Hey, this is where we're at. You know, I, I've said it, you guys, uh, to the guys that girls wonder, they wonder a lot. They wonder where this is going and where it's going next and when he's going to call and where you're going to go on your second date, third date, fourth date, fifth date. They wonder when you're going to propose and how you're going to propose and where you're going to live. And they wonder what your, you know, your children are going to be named. And so as much as you can to um, uh, kind of anticipate where they're wondering and answer those questions ahead of time and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is my thoughts. This is where I believe this is going. Hey, my desire is to date you uh, with purity. Hey, th these are some boundaries I want to set in place. And just to be clear, and I think we complicate this, you know, say what's on your mind and on your heart and like what you're, what you're thinking and believing, not to the point of uh, emotional promiscuity, um, you know, be wise in, in the way you have those conversations, but just let the girl know that, Hey, this is what I hope for us. I like it. All right. Let's talk about online dating. We live in a world that online dating is here to stay something like 40% or so, crazy statistics exist around the number of people that are on online dating. Tinder, match.com. Were you ever on online dating, Elena? I actually was not. Um, but I have many friends who were. I, I think we know the answer to this, or I think we would say, hey, what do you mean by that? Not, online, not all online dating apps are created equal, and not all people should consider online dating, and not all people who online date do it well. There's just so much, uh, so many liabilities that are involved in the question. Date people you know is what I would say. I mean, as much as you can. It, 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 listen, this is, especially if you're here in this podcast, like, uh, I hope, the porch is a place where, um, you know, relationships are formed and built. Uh, I hope the church is a place where relationships are formed and built. And uh, I, I would say don't go on dates with strangers. Like if you show up to a place to meet someone that you don't know, uh, I don't think that's ideal. And profiles lie. You know, I mean, people lie. So profiles, online profiles certainly lie. And so, you know, just because he says he's a Christian, he's serving in his church. If you find out in person that he's not, don't be devastated. I'm telling you right now, profiles lie. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's this verse in Song of Solomon, 
1, verse 4, where it just talks about their friends and family looking on their relationship, praising their love more than the party, more than wine. And um, I think that that's you know, a, a great way to demonstrate coming together inside the church is that people in the church who know you and know them are saying, hey, you guys belong to together. And, uh, and so it's almost like uh, arranged marriage is still a practice in the Christian church. It just looks like the community of faith coming around people saying, hey, you guys belong together. And I did one of those weddings two weeks ago where the way they connected is they just people kept saying, hey, you guys should meet, you guys should meet, you guys should meet. They're in the same body of faith. They're in the same, uh, plugged into the same church. And uh, lo and behold, they did and um, got married. Man, it's just so weird. I feel like we're online dating can breed the same passivity of uh, girls asking guys out. And then with Bumble, do you know what Bumble is? Yeah, and then Grinder and all of it. I mean, and I think no Bumble specifically though is an app that and this isn't anti Bumble. Maybe it is. You decide for yourself. Yeah, Bumble is an app where the girl decides who to date. Right, Elena? It's the girl initiates the first um, interest. Yeah. So the girl's totally in the driver's seat. Yeah. It, there's only communication set up with that. But it, all that to say, regardless of, of uh, I, I think we can get into longer debates about when it's right and when it's not, and there could be acceptable, acceptable times for any of the dating apps. It just can perpetuate unhealthy trends in culture, specifically for Christians, of the guy leading, initiating, dating someone he knows, pursuing someone he knows. So. Yeah. We're not saying no, like absolutely not under no circumstances, uh, you know, use dating apps or, or, um, or, or, you know, are opposed to meeting online. I think it depends on the circumstance. What we're saying is I, I think we're here because of brokenness in the world. I don't think in the Garden of Eden uh, there would be online dating. And so we've moved so far away from God's ideals that we, we're having to even address the issue. Yeah, that's good. Elena, anything else you got? Um, we kind of covered it earlier in the, the passive question about guys being passive, but I think a lot, something girls would really want to know and a struggle that happens, um, I know at the porch and probably in other Christian circles of dating is what do girls do if, um, they think they are in a good place to date? You know, they, they've healed from past relationships. They have a really strong relationship with the Lord, but just know guys are, asking them out or initiating conversation with them or um, they're just not getting asked out on dates. What can that girl do? I think, I think get plugged in f- uh, further to the church, uh, be in that, that the safety of the community of faith, you know, be under the authority of the elders, serve, um, continue to um, do things that, that would prepare her to be an amazing wife and an amazing mom uh, to uh, trust and grow in her ability to trust in the Lord and his timing, um, hang out with groups of people, you know, uh, and not, you know, I just want to be careful. It, words matter. And so not like this, like positioning yourself where a guy trips over you kind of deal. And you're, 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 um, finding hope in that and identity in that, but yeah, run with a group of fun friends who love Christ and, and let them know, like, hey, I really desire marriage. Meaning, let your girlfriends know, I really desire marriage right now. If you know, um, uh, would you guys pray for me? Pray for that. Ask, ask the Lord for that. Those are all things that I think you can do. And and just be careful. I, I have talked to a lot of girls where their heart is so far down the road. I mean, they are losing sleep at night uh, every day that they're single. And um, man, we live in volatile times where uh, Christianity, uh, Christians are growing. Uh, as a minority in some cultures, 
and some geog- geography. And so uh, sometimes, you know, you, you're going to have to hold out hope. And, um, and I think there are a lot of things you can do. So it's not just like you're sitting on your hands waiting at home. Yeah, Live good. your life. Have fun. Uh, Psalm 37. At some point, we're going to teach Psalm 37 in a dating context as it relates to uh, waiting and um, seeking the Lord, having desires that don't feel met. David, King David, he's waiting. He literally is saying inside of the psalm, hey, I'm waiting, and it seems like you know evil people are, are getting away with doing evil things. I'm waiting, and I'm looking around, and there's girls that are, are cutting corners, and they're getting married quicker. And there's uh, you know you look in Hollywood and celebrities and different stuff. David experienced something similar. He's saying, I'm waiting. I'm going to trust. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord in that very famous verse, and he will give me the desires of my heart. And I think that uh, that psalm that both speaks about what to do uh, while you're waiting or what to do when you find yourself waiting, and the answer is uh, that you delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart, which is him, that any time that I find myself waiting for something, the answer, and it feels so Christian and cliche, but but I think King David would say it's true. I uh, am waiting for God to act. I'm watching other people get things that I wish that I had, and I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to delight myself in him, and he gives me the desires of my heart, which is him. Yeah, let's talk really quickly about what not to do. So don't lower your standards. Uh, don't start to dress provocatively, hoping to get a guy with your body. Um, as David said, great, uh, well said the other night, you'll lose him with your body. If you get a guy with your body, you'll lose him for the same reason. Um, uh, you know, Matthew six thirty three. seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. Uh, make God, make Christ the, the biggest pursuit of your heart. Uh, make sure you don't want a husband more than you want Jesus. And, um, and so those are, those are quick pithy things that I'm saying, but I mean, how, how do you make sure it, it may require recovery? It may require, uh, you know, you auditing your life saying, Hey, why, you know, asking the hard questions. Why don't I, why do I want a husband more than I want Jesus? Uh, what's, what's going on in my heart, asking, getting girls around you and, uh, having them ask you those questions and, and help you process that. That's good. Um, that's all I got. Anything else? Yeah. I would just say to that last question, guys, if you're listening, um, I pray that my, my hope is that you would have, uh, the type of relationship with Christ that, uh, would make you an amazing husband and amazing father. And if that's you and you desire marriage, ask these girls out, and don't overlook the girl that is is a, is going to make an amazing wife. I, I looked a guy two weeks ago in the eyes, and I told you I did this wedding and it's of a girl that I know very well. And I just told him, I said, "Man, you hit the jackpot." And that that guys weren't lined up to to ask this girl out is is devastating uh, and a huge problem with our culture because she is going to be the most amazing wife, the most incredible mom. She is a nurturer, a caregiver, uh, the way that she is going to love the way that she loves people and the way that she loves Jesus. I mean, she is incredible and you hit the jackpot and there, I know I can rattle off right now, you know, 12 to 20 girls like that, that haven't been asked out in a long time. And so guys, I mean, I'm, I'm, listen, I love you guys. I'm so glad that you're listening to this and men specifically ask girls out, find godly girls and, and ask them to spend time with you. And okay. it doesn't mean you're going to marry him. It's yeah. Not a huge deal. Just take someone on a date. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Astros are playing the Dodgers tonight. That's right. Do you know, do you know who what sport I'm talking about? Yeah. Football. I know. Big. Man. It's a Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, Astros back Super in the World Bowl. Series. By the time this game comes, or by the time this podcast comes out, this game will be far beyond us. But 
Uh, I well, think that thank is Thank you it. for covering such relevant topics. I know. Yeah. And hey, timeless. No big deal. Kershaw took him down last night, but not tonight. I think David wants to start a sports podcast. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. Hey, guys. David here. So excited for the game coming up tonight. You're going to make sure you turn into 99.5 Why The Wolf. You, what is that? All of a sudden, you'd like the accent change. Yeah. You're going to make sure you turn in. I would practice that more. <laughs> trying to definitely edit that out. Um, <laughs> all right. Not sure how we should get off this ship. but uh, That was ship with a P at the end. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, trying to land the plane here. Feel like we're still yep. circling the runway. <laughs> Running out of gas here, people. And uh, hey, we're starting a new series next week. Don't miss out on it. It's called Thou Shall. We're going to cover some of the Ten Commandments. It's been really fun doing it. First Comes Love. Hopefully, this podcast is helpful. If you have more questions, you can always email info at theporch.live. Info at the porch. Or just call more. David's cell phone. It's 214 yep. <laughs> 363. Oh, yep. Net. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah just, right. Or email me directly at jpacluda. Ah, uh, Still the thunder. Funny. All right. That's it. Peace. Peace, really? <laughs> Man, that was so 90s. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.